<laughs> How is giving each other presents for 12 days a bad thing? You can give your presents as many times as you want. Exactly. It's just no longer Christmas. It is Christmas. It's like, Christmas for 12 days. Just because Martin Luther said it was Christmas, you know, 50 years ago or 500 years ago doesn't mean yeah, it's Christmas 50. in it was, America. It was today. 1973. That's when Martin Luther was yeah. around, 1973. The rest of the world is ready for Valentine's Day by the time the new year comes around. Yeah, we're going to rub people's face with ashes and tell them they're going to die on Valentine's Day. Yeah, it's going to be so uplifting. Happy birthday, Jesus. Saw your party. So lame. <laughs> <laughs> That's Cuban. <laughs> so happy birthday cupid <laughs> sorry your party is all right welcome back to the beyond sunday podcast we're exploring how to take our faith beyond sunday morning this is patrick Nazaroff with me as always pastor david bowser how are we doing patrick and pastor cassandra nagel hello people of the future and yeah not not elise mccarter she is on vacation while we are recording so yeah. <laughs> like what excuse i think in washington area dc state port oh. Port Angeles, I believe, was one of their locations. Okay. I don't know what that means, but sounds great. Sounds like a port. It's by water. <laughs> Seems likely. <laughs> It'd be silly to have a port not near water. Port, port of Angels. <laughs> so the Port of Angels, yes. Yeah. Not near Los Angeles. Though. Probably not. Mm-mm. Coincidentally. <laughs> All right. Uh, it is New Year's. Happy New Year's. It Did y'all a- watch the ball drop? Almost certainly not. We recorded <laughs> this well before New Year's, but almost. Oh, yeah. definitely did not. Sarah, yeah. are you a big uh, watcher of New Year's festivities? Um, sort of. It depends. Wow, thrilling. Okay, yeah. <laughs> you're, gonna, you're not gonna watch Ryan drop the ball. No, I'm not a big Ryan Seacrest fan. Who okay. do you? If no. you stay up to watch, who do you watch? I don't even know. Okay. Are there other options? I didn't even know. I mean, other people are doing things at midnight. Ryan's the one who's got the the New Year's Eve Times Square ball coverage, but other people have things on at midnight that you can watch. You know, if you're going to watch anything, I feel like the the ball drop at Times Square is the thing to watch. I'm what just, else you? I'm, just, I'm else, just saying there are other things. What else you got? Uh, I mean, going to that would be like a straight nightmare. Just yes. so clear, like, yeah. like that. I don't know why anyone would you're want. Ba- you're basically to go to that. in a prison camp for like 12 hours. That's and then, freezing, and then you're allowed out. That, yeah. You can't yeah. go to the bathroom anywhere. Right. That's, that's why I said prison camp. That's yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it sounds miserable. Yeah, but you get to look happy. Yeah, when the when the, the camera shows you. Yeah, when the camera shows you, you get to cheer. Yeah, if I was going to go to any you know celebration in New York, it would definitely be Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Sure, that would be choice. that would be the one. You yeah. know, but uh, yeah, the ball drop zero chance. What other celebrations in New York are there to go to? I mean, Macy's and uh, the ball drop. Like, what else do they do? I'm sure they do other things, but like... I don't know. Don't they have a celebration every time the stock market closes? I don't think that's the same thing. <laughs> They've got like a marathon, probably. <laughs> they do have a marathon. That's not true. doing that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, can, you can watch it. You don't have to... What's there to watch? You know, like, a whole bunch of people are running by. You can cheer for people accomplishing a great feat of human strength and fortitude. Meh. Don't you lead a group that helps volunteer at the Ironman? Yeah. Uh, we take their bikes. We're like yeah. doing stuff. Like you could, I, but just you like could watching hand a dude water. walk, run by for seconds. Like, well, hand out, hand out the water. Be a water station. <laughs> sure, I'm gonna go to New York to hand out water. There you, go. <laughs> <laughs> you should take water from here. They might not have it in New York. They, I think they do. Actually, legendarily, they have very good water in New York. It's a, hmm. yeah. Do they? Yeah. All right, it's a new year, so let's let's make some, let's make a resolution here. Okay. And let's talk about uh, how often you wash your jeans. Oh goodness. <laughs> okay. So let me ask you real quick. How often do you wash your jeans? I mean, when they're dirty. What does that mean? Like, how many wears are you getting per wash? Uh, three to four, probably. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is that too high, too low? I wash my jeans after one wear. No way. One wear, That's one ridiculous. wash? Absolutely. I don't have that many pairs of jeans. I'd have no pants. <laughs> <laughs> or my water bill would go through the roof for the number of times I'd have to wash them. <laughs> I definitely am not a one wear, one wash person. I mean, it is... Uh... 
it's far, far less than that. I mean, yeah. my pants don't stink. You know, probably. Can I you don't, smell your own pants? Yeah, you can smell your own stink on your pants. Uh, all right, so you are one wash, one wear. You'd say mm-hmm. three to four. I think three, three to four, to four yeah. you know, sounds about right yeah. in that range. Probably over like a two-week period, I'm wearing a pair of pants or a pair of jeans three to four times, and then I get washed. All right, well, we're going to check in with uh, Levi Patrick Strauss. Patrick is judging me silently. Yeah, I'm just creeped well, out. I'm now. also <laughs> the same. You're, well, you're in the same boat. Probably I feel like, well... I, these yeah. pants I'm wearing right now are newly washed. I yeah? washed them yesterday. So these are... Nice. I think this is wear number two on these pants. Okay. I, I guess the hard thing for me is like, I don't wear jeans like to work every day. I've been wearing them more in the winter because it's sure. been cold, but yeah. sure. I mean, normally I wear dresses and things like that. So yeah. I guess I'm not wearing them every day. So I don't have to wash them as often if I'm only wearing them on sure. Fridays or sure. something like that. Yeah. yeah. Casual Fridays. You know yeah. Casual Friday. Uh, jeans are part of my signature office look, along with a solid Sign- color V-neck shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which you are sporting today. Which I'm sporting that's today, right. yeah. with hoodie, because it's right. cold. Yeah. It's so chill- that's, 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 you know. And yeah. a Santa hat. And a Santa, well, yeah. It's hoodie still, is formal attire. This is <laughs> yeah, it's, it's still Christmas when we're recording. Yeah. Um, Levi Strauss, uh-huh. he, he knows his jeans. Actual Levi or this, like just the company? This, this is Levi Strauss, CEO Charles Berg. Okay. So I don't know. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure Levi himself was dead for a long time. Okay. Well, he said, you should never wash your jeans. Never wash them. Yeah. Like a cast iron pan? <laughs> yeah. Don't wash your jeans. Okay. Like, and he's not, you should never clean your jeans, but you should never wash your jeans. What should I do to them? So to clean them. If you have like a stain, you should spot wash it. Because okay. denim, uh, will say washing jeans impacts denim. Denim, denim. Well, denim lovers will often say washing jeans impacts their shape and color. And I don't disagree. Keeping them unwashed will improve their appearance through creases and exposure to the elements. Now, here's a question, though: What if it's all dirty? Right? Yeah. Like, there's no. There's nothing to spot Things wash. Happen. What should yeah. you do? What do you think? Well, I'm. I don't want to give it away because you and I have talked about this before. Yeah, so yeah. I've I, given you the answer. So, yeah. so, so Patrick Sander, what do you think? What do you, you think do? you should do if you, if you have to get your jeans completely clean? Something has happened, and according spot wash to is Levi Strauss, CEO, yeah, what you is he, he going to say you should yeah. do? So I don't know if the issue is like putting it in a washing machine, right? Uh-huh. And if that's the problem, sure. so. I'm thinking about what they say when you need to wash like a small rug in your house. They say, you know, put it in the shower and then mm. clean it in the shower either with like the removable head or under the sure. the faucet for the tub. She's right? remarkably close. Yeah, you should wash it in the shower. Uh-huh. Missing while, one key element. While wearing them. <laughs> while, while, while wearing yes. them? You should wear your jeans <laughs> okay. in the shower to wash them should you then like so that it like when it dries it conforms to the shape of do you have to wear them as they dry that would have to be the most uncomfortable i feel like that's just asking for chafing yeah not given yeah i'm gonna say why wear them that sounds awful because like one peeling like wet jeans off yourself miserable sounds terrible yeah Yeah, i'm a survivor fan and sometimes they do like swimming things and they'll Mm. go like some people go like in their jeans in the ocean i'm like what are you doing? You are a moron. Like, yeah. You're not going to be able to swim in your jeans. Yeah. Like Terrible, they're going to yeah. start weighing. They're going to weigh you know 50 pounds mm. immediately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that's not going to happen. Yeah. Or like, do you just like walk around in wet jeans until they dry for like 10 hours? Yeah. Yeah. Well, jeans don't dry quick. I mean, they that's not, not going to be uh, a very pleasant experience. Are you using like body soap on your jeans, or are you scrubbing yourself down with detergent? Because that's also, I feel like, affects Or are the, you, you supposed to use any soap at all? Oh, yeah. Or, you you just, know, or just is rinsing. it just water? Yeah. Uh, 
I don't know. Like cast iron, just rinse. I know. Well, that's then, when he said you never wash them. I thought of cast iron. Yeah. Like, is it supposed to? You, you, ju- know? you just rinse the denim and then you heat it up and rub it down with oil. And yeah. that's how you keep denim <laughs> at, its, at its prime. Yeah. Denim you know, is the cast iron of your wardrobe. <laughs> you know, like that's, that's a good question. I think you would just use like maybe like a detergent, you know, like. Yeah. So that's. that's so I just get my bottle of Tide up yeah. in the shower with me, pour some into my hand and scrub it down yeah. all over my, my jeans. Uh, I'm going to make a New Year's resolution right now. To start doing this? I'm going to do this once this year. You are going to do it. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to report back at some point. I'm going to say this. I want the report. I do not want video evidence. No, 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 no. <laughs> at some point. Of washing your jeans in the shower. At some point, I will come back to the Beyonce podcast and I'll be like, these jeans have been washed in the shower. <laughs> while wearing them. <laughs> while wearing them. And I'll, I do, I'll report back. How did that, how did that experience Yeah, go? I want to yeah. hear about it. I'm, we might <laughs> need like a, a photograph of you wearing sopping wet jeans. <laughs> we might need that. <laughs> you know, I guess like if my wife, you know, came into the bathroom, saw me in the shower. In jeans, uh-huh. that's like, are you depressed? <laughs> like, <laughs> Something has gone wrong. <laughs> like, what is happening to you right yeah, now? Yeah. This is not a behavior of a normal human being. <laughs> Regardless of how much you love your jeans, this is not. Yeah, this is not <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hot water or cold water, does he specify? He does not. Okay. Um, I don't know. What would you think? Hot or cold? Well, I don't want to take a cold shower. So <laughs> that is true. Well, but the hot water would make the color. I mean, you're not supposed to wash your... Aren't you not supposed to wash your colors in hot water? Uh, it all depends. Because then they'll bleed. I wash all clothes on, on whatever setting is the normal one. <laughs> so like, and all Washing machines together. are so smart now; they just yeah. I figure that it, it, it knows mean, what to do better than I. Any, so. anymore, anything's meant to be. Uh, anything can be cleaned in cold water. Like, right. Cold right. water is less energy, so it's better for the environment. All that stuff. So uh, is my cold, cold water? I have no idea. Yeah. Whatever the normal. I don't setting want to shower is, in cold water. That's the whatever problem. the normal setting is. All that goes in there. The normal together. setting is not to wear your <laughs> jeans into the well, shower in the washing machine. Jeans. Whites, coloreds, yeah, they can all go in together on whatever the normal setting it's is. One big party. There you <laughs> yeah. go. Yeah, they're, they're figuring it out in there. All right. Yeah. All right. Let's get into our main topic here. Uh, from our friends at Relevant. Yeah. Okay. Starting out a new year with our old buds. Yeah. You know, it's new year, new friends. Well, not new no, friends. Old no. friends. Yeah. Yeah. For old acquaintance <laughs> be forgot. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Old Lang Sang. Yes. It's, yeah. Weirdest not song name ever. Yeah. Uh, it's probably a different language, so maybe it's not that weird in the other <laughs> language. <laughs> I disagree with my pastor. Should I say something? Like you personally? Because yeah, we're both sitting in this yeah, room. So maybe I, you I, I called you in here for a meeting. <laughs> we should have talked about this off air. <laughs> um, here we go. We're all together. I disagree mm-hmm. with my pastor. Should I say something? That is the name, the headline article. Okay. You know? So uh, that's what we're going to talk about. Should people say something when they disagree with their pastor? Okay. All right. All right. Um, gut, gut reaction. Do you want people coming to you saying, I disagree? You're both pastors. You know, you said a sermon, people got their feelings, they want to let you know about it. I got two things. I, I think I don't really want people like come up and be like, I disagree with you, but I do want people to come up to me and have honest conversation about things where they're wrestling with something I said or that they're not sure that they agree with something. Like, okay. I don't want them to like come up and like fight me on stuff, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm all for conversation and dialogue. Mid-sermon? Uh, yeah, I mean... If the if the sermon invites that sort of thing, sure, yeah, sure, yeah. Okay. Our liturgical structure doesn't typically invite that sort of thing, but yeah. yeah. What do you think? You want people disagreeing with you? Uh, I mean, no. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that it's going to happen, right? Yeah. I'd rather have someone come up to me and be like, "I really didn't agree with what you said," than for them to go and tell twelve people in the congregation, yes. "I really didn't like what they said." You yeah, know what I mean? Exactly. Um, yeah. so I mean, my discomfort with having someone disagree <clears throat> is. I would rather wrestle with that than yeah. deal with like 
the I don't want to say whining, but like the just the the, the whispers and the rumors and the things yeah, that yeah, will yeah. happen, you know, outside. I'm all for just yeah yeah deal with it at, at its face. Yeah, I'll, I'll say like you know I've been preaching for almost ten years as an ordained pastor at this point, mm-hmm. and you know people people have come up and told me that they disagree with me on a variety of things. And the people who I really appreciate are the ones who can come up and say. I disagree because of X, Y, Z, and they have a thought through argument sure. that is like either rooted in scripture or rooted in something else that I said or rooted in like a teaching of the church. And they're like, and I'm not sure how this aligns and I'm wrestling. Like that's a, a conversation that I'm really thrilled to have when company, when somebody just comes up and says like, I think you're wrong or I don't think that's right. Like I can't do anything with that. I can't help think through what sure. this conversation, it's yeah. not a conversation. That's just you coming up and yelling at me that I, that you didn't like what I had to say. Sure. And oftentimes I think that's, I think you're wrong because of what I heard versus what you said, you know, and those are two different things, right? Um, Well, but I think this is interesting. Um, You know, you said you've been doing this for 10 years, you know, and, and, uh, you know, I know from personally, there are things I've talked about, you know, in Bible study Mm -hmm. or, you know, upfront teaching, you know, 10, 15 years ago that I would say. I probably disagree with now. Like yeah. I'm not a hundred percent on board with what I said uh, at that moment. Yeah. I've grown, I've learned, and I have changed over time. Mm-hmm. And so, if I can say, back then, I've grown since then. I'm willing to bet in ten or fifteen years, even right now, there are things I would say that maybe I don't agree completely with in ten to fifteen years because I'm still growing and learning. And so, like, if I think I'm capable of saying something that I would disagree with, our future me would disagree with. You know, I would hopefully invite you know maybe the wisdom of somebody else to help instruct yeah uh, i think that's possible you know like uh, we're all we're all what i believe right now is not going to be 100 percent what i believe in 10 15 years yeah. Yeah. yeah that's just the i think the reality of if it is mm-hmm. then why why read anything or why grow at all yeah right? all right um what does the bible have to say about it Let's about disagreeing look. with we, your we got three things here okay uh, according to let me get to the author drew griffin you know, uh, relevant does not put spaces on their author's name. It's pretty weird. So I assume it's Drew Griffin, no. but there's no space between the first and last name. Really? That's like a username. Maybe. Do you think? Drew Griffin. Drew Griffin. Yeah. Or is it is it Drew Griffin? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Or is it Doctor Egg Griffin? <laughs> yeah, Doctor Egg Griffin. <laughs> or Doctor Oog Griffin. Doctor Oog Griffin. Doctor Oog Griffin to the ER, please. Doctor Oog Griffin. Yeah. Uh, but I, you know, let's say simplest answer. What kind of medicine would Doctor Ugrifin practice? <laughs> uh, <laughs> eugenics. <Yeah. laughs> eugenics. Really? I don't think that's a form of medicine. It's what I came up with. Right? Okay. Based on the word "you." <laughs> Excellent. All right. You disagree with me? Uh, don't let me know. <laughs> what does the Bible say about it? Uh, any any thoughts? What the Bible would say about disagreeing with a teacher? Uh, I'm pretty sure you're supposed to test what your teacher says yeah. um, because there are false prophets out there. Sure. Um, but you're supposed to test it against scripture and against the Holy Spirit, if I'm remembering Paul correctly. Yeah, you got it. Yes. Well, it. first John. What? First John. Oh, not yeah. Paul. First not John. Paul. Okay. Well, one of you those. You were close. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Same difference. <laughs> Don't disagree with New me. New Testament. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, the Bible does often warn against false prophets and false teachers yeah you know, this is a theme that is going to happen and even in um you know in paul's letters sometimes he's a- you know actively writing against someone else right mm-hmm. like they're saying this i'm telling you that's wrong yeah. like don't do that they're 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 lying 
Now, I've been thinking about this idea of like a false prophet. Like, I don't think, are there false prophets, you know, in Christendom today in America? Yes. I agree. Do they know they're false prophets? Uh, like, sir, are they out there maliciously being a false prophet? Intent- yeah. Um, I mean, somewhere out there in the world, yeah, probably. Yeah. But I don't think that, I don't think those are the people that we typically see that I would say qualify as false prophets. I agree. I think, th- I think there are a lot of people who genuinely believe what they are doing is correct. Yes. But are teaching and leading people in a way that is not in line with what I believe the Holy Spirit and Jesus calls us to. Agreed. Yeah. I'm I'm in agreement. I think there are false prophets. I don't think they know they're false prophets. Yes. And then there are false prophets who are truly like, I, I, I don't believe any of the stuff that I'm saying. Yeah. And I think there are even like, Christian pastors out there who probably are, don't even believe in God who, sure. you know, what else, what else do I have? Like, this is yeah. all I've got, you know, like, and I like my, I like my congregation just mm-hmm. finding these people. So just keep doing it. You yeah. Know? Um, and, and, uh, statistically it's kind of, kind of an alarming number of pastors. Like I don't really believe in this stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Do you believe this stuff? Yeah. Okay. Me too. That's good. <laughs> we're, we're still good. Yeah. We're okay. It's interesting. I mean, I don't know how much of the like Facebook wars y'all are, witness to on this kind of stuff depends but like, on which war on facebook i you're don't watching know here. i'm just i guess i'm in the wrong kind of facebook groups but like you'll see someone post something and then the comment will be well this is false prophecy this is uh, heresy sure. blah 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 and then it becomes no what you're saying is false prophecy you know mm-hmm. and it, it sure. becomes mm-hmm. this back and forth where um you know it's so easy to point fingers at others which i don't know arguing on facebook is just like the hardest sure it's not absolutely hardest like most stupid it's thing. just yeah, not it's, being it's, in relationship with yeah, you know i mean not. it's just really hard to have constructive conversations i think yes. uh, in the way that the algorithms are set but yeah when when you were talking about false prophets i just thought about all the facebook comments you know sure. that sure. are surrounding that yeah yeah, I've seen plenty of you know clips of pastors out there that I'm like, wow, that person's a, a true loony. Like mm-hmm. that is quite alarming. Yeah, you know what they're saying to people, and that's not somebody I would be like necessarily even go up to be like, I disagree with you. Like that's like, shut this place down. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like there's no there's there's no hope here. Yeah. Uh, but I think this is interesting. Like if we kind of acknowledge like not all false prophets think they're false prophets. Yeah. And I acknowledge that things i said 10 years ago i would not agree with necessarily 100 percent today was i a false prophet you know like was or are things you know tweaked shifting like what what makes a false prophet a false prophet right like interpreting a bible verse wrong or incorrectly or 10 years later you're like i kind of disagree with that interpretation now that i've learned some new things Mm -hmm. or is it straying so far away from the core gospel message that you're preaching something antithetical to the bible yeah or, or antithetical to the, the the message of jesus i think that's the key right like yeah. you know our paul's understanding of who jesus was is shaped over the course of his letters sure. right the, the church's understanding of who jesus is and was has been shaped over the last two thousand years right we're not expected to have like one belief forever and ever amen and that's the only thing right that our experience of god shifts and molds and there are life experiences that we've had that shift us and mold us to a hopefully a more clear understanding of God. That doesn't mean that our previous understanding was necessarily wrong or false prophecy, as long as it was leading us towards God, right? Uh It's that when that teaching uh, becomes a thing that is actually leading us away from, as you said, right, the core gospel message, when that teaching is coming to conflict with that, that's when we really need to do that Mm -hmm. soul searching of what does this mean for uh, how I'm experiencing this? Yeah. So, I mean, we can talk about, uh, we've talked about it before, but, uh, 
oh my goodness it just went on my head the one where you try to get all all rich and stuff in the name of jesus what's it um prosperity gospel thank you yes prosperity that was the word i was looking for prosperity (laughs) gospel right you know that for me has strayed away from the course and uh, message of the gospel right yes this i this idea that the gospel is god wants to bless you if you just uh do the stuff that god tells you you're going to have a whole bunch of wealth that i see nothing of that in the gospel right or in the actual gospel in the the bible so in reality uh, yeah (laughs) yeah so that for me right falls into this category of false teaching false prophecy right because it is a strayed away from uh, the core central message as opposed to like me having a different understanding of the prodigal son today than I did 10 years ago or 20 years ago. Yeah. Right. All of the, all of my understandings have been aligned with this idea of God is gracious and loving and searching for these people who have been lost, but I've have new understandings of what that looks like through that parable. So I think we're, you know, we're saying like, does the Bible, the Bible actively encourages you to test what people are saying Yes, and to test it against the Holy spirit and the Bible. Yeah. Like, like that's what like it's a quiz show. Yes. Yeah. Three test, competitions. Yes. Test it against those things. So if what you hear from a pastor or a teacher or a book or whatever, you know, strikes you differently, you know, a good place to start is saying like, okay, what were they saying and what is different or what is, mm. is, is how do I see scripture saying something different about yeah. this? Um, and that can be quite of a challenge, right? Like, cause I think you know, one of the things we're going to start this year is a new series on like, what does the Bible say about blank? Yeah. Uh, because oftentimes Christians on every side of the political spectrum can say the Bible is clear about blank. Sure. And I think once we're saying the Bible is clear about blank, it kind of suggests like, have you read the Bible? <laughs> like, yeah. The Bible's not clear about a lot. Like uh, quite a lot the Bible is not clear about, including like major theological tenets that like your church mm-hmm. holds on to. There are verses mm-hmm. that may stand in contrast to those sure. tenets. So so it's not necessarily like you said something, I disagree with it. Let me find one verse that I can pull out of the Bible that, that says it's different. It's like, mm. are these themes in scripture present? Mm-hmm. Like was is that verse kind of saying, am I putting on that verse, what I want it to say versus what it's saying to me, and how is your interpretation, you know, uh, look different? I think that those are all. If you can kind of safely navigate those questions internally and land on, I think the pastor, what he or she said, is misinformed or different. That's a place to go and like mm-hmm. kind of approach it, mm-hmm. right? Like it's for me that that would be a reasonable place to start. What do you think here? Yeah, I think I think that's a good start. Far better, far better than what well, you said annoyed me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, right, I mean, one of the things that I often uh, try to help people uh, see when they come and have a disagreement with me is right, I try to say, like, well, what is it in you, right, that's, that the Holy Spirit is stirring up? Like, what, what is the Holy Spirit challenging in you that causes this thing to come up? Because, you know, maybe I said that, maybe I, you know, maybe you heard this in a particular way and it's not in alignment with what. So what, what's going on? What is the Holy Spirit doing in you that's causing so much conflict here? Yeah. And even if it is like the Holy Spirit's causing it because what you said is really wrong, like, okay, like then we can wrestle with that. But let's look inside of ourselves before we just assume it's someone else's fault. Sure. Yeah. I think a lot of times the struggles that we have are rooted in our own experiences too. And so Mm. to be able to say like, you know, this happened in my life and it has shaped how I view scripture in this way. Right. I mean, that's helpful for us to know too. And I think for folks to be able to articulate, right. To be able to make those connections between like, Oh, like, I don't know. The story of Lazarus is really painful for me because I lost a loved one and they didn't come back to life. And like, you know what I mean? Like to be able to, to put those pieces together um, 
is is important because our experiences shape how we read scripture, right? And how we how we interpret it. Yeah. That's that leads us perfectly to our second bullet point here. Oh, okay. Is it me? You know, asking that question like Hi, it's yeah, me. Yeah, I'm the problem. Yeah. yeah. It's me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um do we have, yeah. have to pay Taylor Swift for that now? <laughs> Probably. She's about to get engaged. Maybe. We'll see, Mr. Kelsey. Yeah, there's all oh, sorts wow. of rumors going around. It's the buzz. By the time this released, maybe they'll, maybe it'll be a Christmas I engagement. I know a very merry Christmas. <laughs> Why is that? M a r r y, a very merry oh. Christmas. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so point number two. <laughs> so I mean, this asks a question like, all of us come to church yeah. with preconceived ideas mm-hmm. of what Jesus is, and we're bringing our political, our cultural, yeah. our social under, you know, baggage to it. And the pastor could say something that is actually not against scripture or who Jesus is, but it's actually against my political identity, mm-hmm. and I need to wade through that personally. Yeah, sure. You know, like, all, and this is true for all of us. All of us have to do this, right? Yeah. Like, and so, I mean, I think that's, um, you know, a good question to raise as you're kind of thinking through, should I should I discuss this with the pastor or with the teacher? Is is this really my baggage that's being kind of yeah. threatened or addressed? And I'm and I want to use hiding behind kind of like scripture or disagreement to yeah. kind of protect my own baggage. Yeah. One of the things that I think goes with this, you know, when we go into a doctor's office, at least when I go into a doctor's office, um, I don't take everything that they say as like instant fact. But I also assume that they have more information than I do, right? I assume that I'm going into an office of someone who's been trained in medicine and all this stuff Mm -hmm. and, right, they can, they know things that I don't know and they probably have the best path forward, but I can test that against other doctors' opinions or against... WebMD. Probably not WebMD. (laughs) Don't do that. Everybody has cancer on WebMD, Um, right? But like, so I go into a doctor's office, I assume there's an expert in the room and I do not have the same level of knowledge that they do. We don't do the same thing when we walk into a church. And in some ways, that's great, right? Because our pastors, myself included, right? We are, uh, you know, we're saints and sinners just like uh, everybody else who's in the room. But at least within Lutheran Church, we also have gone to school for this for a long time. And we've studied for a long time. And we work at this all day, every day. Like, this is our thing. And so acknowledging, like, okay, I'm in a room where someone has done a lot more work uh, to research this, to study this, and to think about this than I probably have in the side time from my, you know, even a, even a faithful person who reads their Bible every day, right? You're still working a full-time job doing something mm-hmm. else. You haven't probably gone to school, right? Acknowledging our own shortcomings and saying, what is it that might be uh, within me that's causing <clears throat> this to be so uncomfortable, right? Because if I go to a doctor and they tell me something I don't want to hear, it's probably still true, but there's probably something in me that's causing me not to want to hear that. I certainly wouldn't call myself an expert, you know, in the kind of sphere that we serve. Sure. Um, and when I preach, the first thing that I, the first time I read scripture is not right before I preach, right? You know right. what I mean? So yeah. um, I don't just walk and, up there and like, hey, what do we got to say about <laughs> Matthew today? Sure. Yeah, what's the text today? And I think, I think what, at least is the reality for me, I can't speak for you, David, but like when I know that something that I'm going to preach will ruffle feathers Mm -hmm. you know on either side of the political spectrum or like will kind of shed light on where my particular leanings might be that is an incredibly intimidating like thought right and it's it can be really vulnerable and and feels risky for like me as a young single female in ministry right like i know that um a lot of feelings will be felt when those types of things will be communicated and so um 
I try not to do that uh, rashly yeah. or without a lot of thought and prayer going into it. So um, I hope at least, you know, in the way that I try to communicate the gospel that when I'm doing those things, it's not just to ruffle feathers or just yeah. to get a feel from people, right? Like it, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. We take a risk when we do those things. And so it's uh, it's not out of a lack of care or sure. just wanting to start drama or, or yeah. something like that. And I, I think that's a helpful distinction, right? Because disagreeing with something that has been done in a prepared sense, like a sermon, right? Mm-hmm. Is very different from like, I'm speaking off the cuff in a council meeting or in a Bible study. And yeah, maybe I did like make a point that wasn't quite in line or maybe I did misspeak, right? Sure. These, like, And so there's a difference between knowing like someone has put a lot of intentionality into these words versus this person is speaking off the cuff uh, in this kind of open and discourse environment, right? Those are different places that we might disagree in different ways also. Yeah. All right, uh, let's go to point number three. And that's, can I confront false teaching in a spirit of love and peace? If you can't keep it to yourself <laughs> if you don't have anything nice to say yeah yeah uh yeah i think this is um you know interesting way like is my only recourse to like get mad get angry yeah. to you know storm into somebody's office or write the you know a, an, a very angry email if that's the only way i can process that information um that's probably not in a spirit of love and peace yeah uh i mean unless like what is being you know addressed like so perverse to like the gospel you know like i'm not quite sure that that is gonna do any good and even then would that do any good (laughs) like yeah i think i think even that right you still start with love and peace right yeah then we go from there yeah yeah i don't know what it feels like to be a parishioner with like something that they want to share with a pastor Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. be preparing to go into those conversations um historically I am not the kind of person that would like approach a pastor and be like, I had a lot of issues with what you said. Like, you know, I was in California and there was a pastor that I, I introduced myself to and told him I was going to seminary and he was like, Oh, women shouldn't be in ministry. And then I just never went back to the church. Like that was how I, I dealt with that. Right. Like there was no conversation to be had in that sense. So I don't know what it feels like to uh, be preparing to have those conversations. So I, I try to be mindful that when someone approaches us, right, with something that they're wrestling with, that it takes a, a great amount of kind of courage, I think, in most sure. in most cases to be able to say, like, I know that you're a uh, spiritual authority, if we want to use that word, kind of from our, you know, ordination vows, but, uh, and, like, the Spirit is speaking in me too, and this is yeah. what I think the Spirit is saying. So I want to acknowledge that that is kind of working on both ends right mm-hmm. um we have to receive it with a spirit yeah, of love and peace yeah, as much so as it has think, to be offered in the spirit yeah of so peace, i think yeah. kind of that yeah having that posture mutually is really important um sure. for us to have yeah 100 percent. you know i think you know hopefully your pastor if it's not one of our two pastors here mm-hmm. uh your listener um feels like a person that you could come to mm-hmm. and say i disagree with something that you said here's why and you're explaining it lovingly and you would trust that they would receive it, even if they disagreed yes. with a spirit of respect and yeah. understanding. Like if you're like, I'm afraid to say this to them because mm-hmm. I think they would blow up at me. That's... I think the problem is not what they're saying. Maybe yeah. the problem is them themselves, right? Yeah. Like you, you've reached a level of like, that's not that, that it's bigger than like that one sermon, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's who they are yeah. uh, that you can't have that kind of conversation with. Uh, and I like, you know, Pastor Cassandra that you mentioned like, for some people, you know, they go to a church, they hear something wrong, and then they just leave and never come yeah. back. I mean, like, yeah. you know, uh, Gordon Ramsay on one of his, like, cooking shows was telling, you know, Chef, like, if people don't like your food, 
they just don't come back. You know, yeah. they don't go back, you know, talk to the chef and explain why they don't like the food. <laughs> they just leave. Like, they write a Yelp review and yeah, move on. <laughs> at best, you know, like they yeah. write a Yelp review. And, yeah. you know, but like when it comes to most churches, if you don't like what's going on, people just like, well, I'm out the door. Yeah. And I think, you know, I don't know about you, but for most pastors out there, I think they would rather at least no yes right like unless again like i think in your situation there was a level of like what what would be gained from having that kind of sure. conversation yeah uh so i'm not i'm not saying you should have done anything differently but i think for most people especially people that have been there for a, a long time yeah yeah you know it's you have a relationship walks in one time and then you never see him again yeah yeah but you have a relationship with and all of a sudden they just were out you know yeah. like yeah. i think they would rather at least like what did we do that was so offensive or so mm-hmm. in disagreement. So either we can say we want to make sure if we're saying something and it, it's pushing, you know, people that we care about and love out the doors that what we're saying is something we're like, we're, we're a hundred percent behind, right? Like we are confident in this. And if you can't be a part of it, that's, that's awful. But, you know, I don't want somebody to leave like based on like, you know, teaching that is, Eh, you know, like, yeah, you know, like, sure. eh, this, this is really that big of a deal that we yeah. need to like cross path. Like we need to separate yeah. on like, you know, what we think about angels. Is that really going to yeah. be like, you yeah. know, like that, 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 is that really, we don't need to use that as this yeah. kind of a rallying cry. They're yeah. terrifying by the yeah. way. No, all, absolutely. All angels terrifying. Sure. <laughs> I got a bunch of eyes. Yeah. Well, you say it a lot, David. I mean, you know, with one of our values being welcoming all, our hope is to, you know, create space here where, all people are welcomed and and you talk a lot about how just because you know we practice all people being welcomed doesn't mean that everyone will feel welcome mm-hmm, right and mm-hmm. so those are just the realities that we have to wrestle with and um and so um you know we hope and long for a space where folks can you know show up and have all sorts of different understandings about what's happening at communion and you know like but we're all rooted in that same kind of gospel yeah. message right and in in the love and grace that Jesus extends to all of us and, um, you know, not just kind of half-heartedly put aside all of our differences, but also be able to kind of sift through them to be able to say, you know, what, what is holding us together in spite of all of these sure. different beliefs, right? And on the different experiences that have shaped how those beliefs have come about. Um, and we can't really have that, I think, fruitful fellowship with each other if we don't talk. Yeah, yeah <laughs> you know, Yeah. Yeah. I'll just, uh, you know, emotional reactions are probably not the time to have the conversation, right? Yeah, so for if, sure. if it's like, oh, this sermon is, you know, done for the last five seconds and I'm walking out of church and I'm just fired up and I'm re- like, sit on it for 24 hours, right? Yeah. You know, are you still angry about it the next morning? Are you still feeling moved about it the next morning? Um, and then ask yourself these questions too, right? Walk through this, uh, these kind of guides that they gave. Because I, I guarantee two things, right? A good pastor wants to hear from you wants to hear uh, your disagreements and your agreements, wants to know what their people are thinking, but also a good pastor is not in a place <laughs> to handle that conversation in the 10 seconds after worship, right? That, like, yeah. In the sanctuary or in the narthex as sure. they're shaking hands, there's nothing that we can do in that situation to help <laughs> you or us feel better. Suppose <laughs> you've got another service to go. Right, we've got another service to go. To go. We've got 20 people behind you who yeah. are trying to leave. Like this is, that's not the place. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think I, the best piece of advice I got you know, growing up was um, when I would hear what I thought was a bad sermon or like a sermon that upset me. Um, I had a mentor tell me, well, what would you have said and said instead? Or like, what, what did you long to hear 
mm-hmm. about when you read that scripture passage. And I think that that's another way to kind of approach the conversation. And maybe that's not addressing exactly kind of what was said that uh, really irked you, but to be able to to show up and, and tell someone like, when I heard that scripture, I thought of this, I was longing to hear about this like particular feeling or this particular life situation or, or thing like that. And I didn't hear that. And, you know, that's another way to kind of approach and enter into that conversation in a way that, um, you know, uses eye language and all those yeah. like fun, you know, things. All that you, feely stuff. All yeah. that stuff. Yeah. All right. Talk to your pastors. Come and share it with us, uh, you know, when this episode comes out. Let us know if you disagree yeah. with this. We want to hear from you on this, yeah. too. Yeah. You can disagree with your podcast host, too. I don't want to hear about that. Okay. <laughs> In I that case. A, yeah, I think it's a lovely thing that we, you know, have our business cards out in mm-hmm. the welcome center right and so even when we're not here like there's ways that you can get a hold of us by phone or by email so yeah. we are not trying to stay locked in like the holiest of holies and not engage with the community you know what well I mean? we're trying we're just not doing a very good job of it. yeah <laughs> i can't speak for you but <laughs> we're, re- we're really bad at it well hey if you enjoyed this episode or if you didn't send us an email at beyond Sunday podcast at gmail.com as we start this new year we would love to hear from you our listeners all the things that uh, you liked and disliked uh, so that we can uh, continue to provide uh, this wonderful uh thing we do called a podcast uh you can find all our episodes at beyondsignpodcast.com and we'll see you i don't know some other time next week that's when it is yeah (laughs) all right uh thanks for listening we'll be back next week with more beyond sunday